Hello and welcome to Muppet Sational, the UK's biggest Muppet Show podcast, hosted by three huge Muppet fans. Join us each week as we dive into an episode of Jim Henson's classic variety show, now finally available on Disney+. This week, it's season two, episode 11, starring the balding funny man, Dom DeLuise. It's time to get things started on the chronological, explorational, conversational, Muppet-sational! Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Muppet-sational. I'm Lewis Chandler. I'm Jade Turner. And I'm Emma Chandler. And we are here this week, as we are every week, to discuss another episode of The Muppet Show. How are you both doing? I'm okay. <laughs> Although I was just moaning to Emma that I've had a nightmare setting up. This is my first time podcasting in my new home. And yeah. <laughs> yes, it's very exciting, but it's also just, I don't know. It's much easier when you've got everything exactly how you want it and you're not having to move a load of stuff around. But I'm good. I'm comfortable. We can begin. <laughs> yes, I see lots of moving truck boxes oh, behind Oh my you. God. Don't even talk to me. Like, Lewis, Rich has decided to put the bed up in the spare room, which is where I am today. I do not know why he's done that. It now means that the boxes have obviously been displaced from (laughs) where they were in the corner of the room to now just everywhere in the room. So, Rich, whenever you finally get to this episode, which will probably be in about 2025, like, thank you so much for that. Really helpful. Really helpful. What a beautiful time capsule of resentment. We should get get the Blue Peter team to come and dig that up in five years. (laughs) And Emma, you seem to be coming through some sort of Vaseline hazy mist. (laughs) I know. I don't know what's going on. I've gone into like 70s effects. So... (laughs) How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Been busy, been busy. <laughs> sure, I'm fair Short and sweet. <laughs> Doesn't want to talk about it. Keep it vague. <laughs> it's none of your damn business. <laughs> How are you, Lewis? Not great, but it's fine because uh, I told Peter I'd had a bad day and uh, he bought me a bottle of Whispering Angel Rosé. Fancy. I know. I, well, Peter also got a, a mid-year bonus. So Oh, congrats, Peter. For both my sadness and for him. So I get Whispering Angel. That's nice. A mid-year bonus. That's a nice little summer treat. Isn't it just for all Mm. of us? And particularly me. (laughs) 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 Jade, why don't you kick us off with a little production information? Yeah, let's get into it. So this episode was originally broadcast on the 25th of November, 1977. It was written by Jerry Jewell, Joseph A. Bailey, Jim Henson and Don Hinckley and directed by Philip Casson. Emma, I know basically nothing about Mr. Dom DeLuise. What can you enlighten us about? I assume this fixture of the 70s. Yeah, so um, Dom DeLuise was a comedian, actor, author and chef, apparently. Wow. (laughs) Yep. He began his career in kids TV um, and then made regular comedic stints on the Dean Martin show Um, and then he also had his own show and he basically was a frequent guest star on loads of variety shows in the 1970s. Obviously he appeared in the Muppet movie as Bernie the agent. Yes. He's appeared in quite a few different films and had collaborations with uh, Mel Brooks, Burt Reynolds and Sidney Lumet. And in his later years, he was kind of more known for being a voice actor 
and he did a quite a lot of animated films with Don Bluth. Mm-hmm. And the films oh. he did were An American Tale, All Dogs Go to Heaven, and he was the voice of Fagin in Oliver and Company. I feel like oh. you two are going to burst into song Yeah, again. I nearly was going to burst into song now. <laughs> Why should I worry? Why, Why should, should I care? care? So yeah, that's what he did in his later years. Um, and then he passed away in 2009. But I do have quite an interesting fact. His son, Michael, played TJ in Gilmore Girls. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. You can so yes. see that. Yeah. Great I fact, literally, when I when I Googled him and I saw, like, obviously, you know, does kids and stuff. And I was like, I recognise that guy. Clicked him <laughs> in. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's TJ. I'm amazed you didn't have that ready to go, Jay. I did As our resident that. Gilmore gal. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm letting the, I'm letting the Gilmores down. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh wow that's so cool that's okay he's just gone slightly further up in my estimation <laughs> he comes from a dynasty yes yeah that's i mean that makes sense they're they feel like they're cut from the same cloth right like <laughs> yeah definitely mm, definitely yeah. oh that's so cool that he's fagin and oliver and company as well i can definitely hear it now that i think about it hmm. anyway <laughs> <laughs> Well, shall we jump into the episode? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, we go into the cold open and uh, somebody tell Army Hammer because the Swedish <laughs> chef has turned to cannibalism. <laughs> I I had that written down in my notes. <laughs> That's a little, <laughs> little pre-prepared joke for you. I was not expecting to see Dom Louise served on a platter being garnished while having a <laughs> apple shoved in his mouth. <laughs> it was really weird. Yeah, usually you have to pay extra for that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's like behind the paywall kind of thing, usually. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Just like your strange feet. Yes. Thanks, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> that better not be the new Judy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> your strange feet become the, become the new <laughs> mentioned every week of the podcast. <laughs> We've moved past Judy's 100th birthday, so now we have to... <laughs> we just we really need a new <laughs> thing. <laughs> and the thing is nine and a half toes. <laughs> Eight and a half toenails. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. So I got the number wrong and the bit wrong. Yes. <laughs> just, oh, my God. Uh, anyway, back to Swedish what a, chef. What a shame heading into open-toed shoe season. <laughs> just... Yeah, no, I just can't. I just can't, Lewis. <laughs> oh, only espadrilles for Jade. <laughs> I wear flip-flops around the pool, but that's because I figure that that's, like, you kind of have to. You scare the children. (laughs) (laughs) Run fast. Be like Jaws. They just hear, they just hear, and they just run screaming out the pool. Oh, poor Jade. Who's going to always get a deck chair? (laughs) A pool lounger. (laughs) <laughs> just just me on my own <laughs> at the side of the pool and then also in the pool because no one wants to be near my weird feet it's fine right we have talked about my weird feet long enough for this episode <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah this was i think maybe the oddest yeah cold open we've had so far absolutely it was i was not expecting that at all <laughs> and not even in like a funny sort of like obviously it was a non sequitur, but it was so bizarre. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That there, there wasn't even a punchline to Swedish Chef doing no. it. Do you know what I mean? Dom didn't spit out the apple and make a, a pun. 
you know, uh, it was just kind of an, uh, just a, a very random visual gag. And then we were into the opening titles. <laughs> yeah, it was super, super strange. I like, I mean, I suppose it's the kind of thing that if you open with Swedish Chef, you are maybe going to have something pretty bizarre going on because yes. that's Swedish Chef. But <laughs> yeah, it didn't, it didn't make any real sense until we got to the Miss Piggy bit which again didn't massively made sense but just made it feel more like a callback i guess but i suppose it's... so but even that feels a very i don't know yeah loose yeah loose connection well you're just repeating the gag more than anything aren't you it's not like you're you're not particularly building on it or adding anything to it you're just doing the same thing again so mm. yeah yeah obviously we go into the opening titles um some very psychedelic smoke coming out of gonzo's uh trumpet this week Sort of reminded me of the smoke that used to billow around um, Margaret Hamilton in The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's a very like bit. thick. <laughs> it did look really thick. And it, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, God knows what they'd used to make that colour as well. It was full on neon. <laughs> like, I couldn't tell if they'd done some sort of additional colour effect yeah. to it or it looked very strange. It was, it was weird. It was very mm. weird. I really like Statler and Waldorf's button during the opening though of why do we keep doing this? It's like sometimes that's how I feel. Also, <laughs> I hope like this. I hope this week isn't one of those weeks. <laughs> Jade, come on! Beyonce told us they won't break our soul. Like you know, you've got. And the good thing is that's going to be a relevant reference because we're actually recording fairly close to when we're going to release this one. Speaking <laughs> of not a relevant reference, we go into <laughs> the, the first number, which. Uh, Piggy has managed to get herself the opening number by force, it seems, <laughs> by threatening to uh, break Kermit's arms. And um, we're treated to a an interesting number. What is, what is the name of this song? So it's Don't Dilly Dally on the Way. It's a Mary Lloyd number. Yeah, I guess by the styling yeah. of it all. I was yeah. going to say, we got Music Hall Miss Piggy again. Yeah. We have to move away. Cause the rent we couldn't pay. The moving van came round just after dark. It's a great old song. There was me and my old man shoving things inside the van, which we'd often done before, let me remark. <laughs> we packed all that could be packed in the van, and that's a fact. And we got inside all we could get inside. <laughs> then we packed all we could pack on the tailboard at the back. Here there wasn't any room for me to ride. My old man said, follow the van. Don't dilly-dally on the way. Off went the cart with the home packed in it. I walked behind with my old cart linnet, but I dilly and dallied, dallied and dillied. Lost the van and don't know where to roll. You can't trust the specials like the old-time coppers when you can't find your way home. I always find it really funny when Statler and Waldorf join in and do that, like the audience participation. It's just such a, like, random thing. Yeah, I really expected Piggy to tell them to shut up. I really expected her to be like, hey, knock it off! And instead, we just get a fairly kind of... It didn't feel like a very piggy number, to be honest. So I was reading a little bit about it, and I think it's meant to be this absolute classic of musical. So mm. I don't know whether 
maybe if you are more familiar with it, you think actually it's, it is slightly more piggy just from this point of view of it being a real, real classic standard. Um, mm. So it's, I'm going to guess that a lot of famous singers have done it over the years because it's obviously just this, this standard. But yeah, it, it felt a bit strange that she just sang it wearing that hat that she was wearing in the Rich Little episode, which I was like, I cannot believe they've kept that of all the things. <laughs> that ugly yeah. ass hat. <laughs> of, of all of the costume that could have been kept. That's what you've kept. Yeah. I quite liked Statler and Mordorf joining in. I, I feel like they do this quite often with them with the musical numbers that it's, I guess because they're old. Yeah. They're like, oh, they'll know this one. They can join in with this. And I suppose from a story point of view, I don't know about Statler and Bordoff. I don't know whether she did pay them off or not. But obviously, I was kind of shocked when the whole audience was joining in. But then that leads into the runner for this week, where Piggy and Scooter have been conspiring to get everyone to go crazy for Piggy so she can try and dupe Kermit into making her a a regular on the show. Which also seems weird because she is, ba- you know, she's opening the show. Is she not? the star of the show already at this point maybe she's still freelance jade who knows <laughs> i wrote down exactly the same thing i said this doesn't feel very piggy why would she share encourage audience interaction mm. and it was mm. only once we then got into the backstage run i was like oh she's paid them all off that i didn't mind it so much so mm. maybe i underestimated uh the writers yeah that they expected me to have that reaction perhaps that it's like this doesn't seem very picky why is she being so gracious to an audience it's because <laughs> well she's paid off the whole audience and she's trying to <laughs> use them to uh get herself a, a regular primetime slot on the muppet show exactly it's quite it, it's actually really clever that I mean, I realise that we're coming at this from 2022, so we know more about Piggy than potentially you would have in 1977. Or in Rich's case, 2025. Yeah, (laughs) if he ever gets to it. Um, (laughs) But but I think that, yeah, that sense of it already feeling very out of character for her to be sharing the limelight is really quite telling of how much work they've done on Piggy's character and how much she is basically the same pig that we know today and i actually think this episode is a real showcase for all of the different facets of her character and the way that she maneuvers between different muppets in different situations and it feels it just feels very piggy nothing really feels out of character here at all yeah other than this opening which we then find out is because she is acting out of character because she's or not out of character but she's she's acting in a specific way to try and get an outcome from Kermit. Yeah, absolutely. I love the shot of Scooter and Kermit kind of peering round the Priscilla yes. March. That was a really nice angle that I don't think we've we've ever gotten before. And it's so, you know, evocative. It's such a great angle. Like, it, it really sets it up so well. It's a, I hope they kind of use that viewpoint more because it, it just makes the whole Muppet theatre feel a bit more alive. It feels like a proper show is happening. And it's such a gorgeous little, you know, arch they've got around that stage. It seems a shame that they don't uh, they don't utilise it that much. Yeah, I think they did some great world building here because you had the shots of the audience. You had the shot of Piggy on stage with Statler and Waldorf in the background. I thought they'd got Piggy's proportions right when you saw her in the, the full body shot. Um, and then to finish with having Kermit and Scooter as well. It really did... It did feel like you were in a theatre. It was really, really lovely. Now, I have to say, I do wish that Piggy had maybe chosen Gonzo or Fozzie for her plan rather than Scooter. 
because I think he, well, they would all be useless foils, obviously, but I feel like Scooter <laughs> is a particularly useless foil in some way. But maybe he's the only one that's any good at actually organizing things like flowers being delivered and, uh, you know, notes and notices being sent. <laughs> I think that's why she picked him, right? Because he's the gopher. Like, she hasn't got Uncle Deadly yet, so she needs to go for the next, <laughs> the next best thing. Yeah. <laughs> Piggy sending herself fictional uh, flowers and cards reminded me of uh, a story that Elaine Stritch tells in her one-woman show um, when she she was an alcoholic at this point in like the 70s, uh, 60s or 70s. And um, the company manager had uh, instilled like a, a strict no alcohol policy backstage. Like it was just flat out not allowed. And uh, to get round it, Elaine Stritch would send fictional good luck gifts to herself <laughs> from people, bottles of champagne that she could then have sent to her dressing room. Uh, because, and then she couldn't be responsible for it because they were gifts. And she lists off like, you know, little notes she sent to herself. And her favorite one she sent was, give them hell, Judy Garland. Like, <laughs> There we go. And I we did don't it. Have to mention the other thing. There we go. There we go. It's all good. Cast those eight and a half toes out. Judy's back. <laughs> Judy's back, baby. She's back. <laughs> Do we have time for one more? <laughs> That's amazing. I wish we'd seen some of the notes that she'd sent herself, and also some of the spontaneous and sincere fan mail that Scooter had sent her too. Because I have not like. Scooter does not strike me as particularly poetic. Like, no. Christ knows what he was writing in those fan letters. I like, I also like the fact that when, you know, um, Piggy talks to Scooter, she's like, they need to be modest flowers. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> That's all part of the con, Emma. If it's too extravagant, it's too obvious. It's too obvious. Uh... <laughs> you've clearly never had to, you've never run along yeah. con, Emma. <laughs> One thing I did really like about their interaction with her coming off the stage and then moving backstage together was how he kept getting all the feathers from the hat in his Mm. face. It was a really, really nice little detail. And Richard Hunt played it perfectly with Scooter, just softly batting them away, but also clearly not wanting to kick up too much fuss because it's Miss Piggy and he knows he's going to get a hiya if he's not careful. It was just a really, really cute little detail that... Yeah, I just I just appreciated yeah. it. I thought it was really sweet. Oh, did you also both notice that when Kermit and Scooter are both first talking and Scooter sort of says, oh, the audience loves her. And Kermit goes, oh, it's an easy house. That Rolf is in the background shaking his head like he is really unimpressed <laughs> with the fact that Piggy is getting so much love. <laughs> yeah, was... I saw that and I was like, justice for Rolf. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't need to pay anyone off, Emma. He's got talent. <gasps> How dare you say that Miss Piggy's not got she talent? She has charisma, <laughs> uniqueness, nerve and talent, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> and she's so modest And too. modest and meek. <laughs> That's like... So we go into Dom's first sketch uh, where he's on the uh, planet Coosbane. And he's got the weird little pink fluffy murder loops, I'm going to say. Murderlodops. Murderlodops. I, I, I was going to make you say it because I thought you might struggle, but. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, it's like, didn't murderlop. Even... And he's kind of doing some wacky kind of like 1970s, I've landed on a 
alien planet vibe and he's got his little walkie talkie and he's talking back to the spaceship and they're kind of like popping up all over the place and uh stealing his uh walkie talkie and we've got that kind of weird whistling steam back again as well Mm. um they love that it's quite a kind of random sketch and then we've got the whole bit where he falls in and we've got like the fake hand with the watch (laughs) Which I thought was very well timed, actually. That the hand section yes. I thought was incredibly good. I can't believe we're going back to the well of the planet Coosbane. I think it's a deep well, Lewis. I think they're. I think I've got a feeling they're going to be drawing from it for still some time to come. I don't know that, but I just feel like they love it and they love making these little like alien muppets. I, I love their little alien muppet designs. I just can't believe we keep going back here. It just feels like. <laughs> I don't know. It's like the Terminator franchise. Why do we keep coming back? There's nothing there's nothing more here for us to nobody wants it. <laughs> I wrote down two things that I feel like I want to share. The first is space equals zips question mark. Why were there so many zips on his outfit? Because it's like, the why? future, Jade. <laughs> yeah, but what, what did they think you were going to do in the future that required that many zips, Lewis? Pockets. Space pockets. <laughs> pockets of space. <laughs> Tools. Space. So many zips. So many zips. And then the second thing was that I felt like I quite enjoyed that it almost seemed like a reverse whack-a-mole. Yeah. That they were popping up yeah, that's and what hitting I, yeah. him. That's what I had as well. Yeah. Like, I like that. I like as a just as a general concept I think it's quite a nice reversal instead of the human doing whack-a-mole with whatever it is that's popping up it's in this case the little murderlodops getting getting their own back it's not quite as punchy murder murder a <laughs> I've had wine <laughs> yeah, just... go on Lewis. murder a murderlobop <laughs> what are they called murderlodop medlodop murder a medlodop Murder a medlodop. I paid for elocution <laughs> classes. <laughs> As someone who speaks very naturally. <laughs> naturally. Naturally. I'm from Tampa, Florida. I've said that on this podcast before. I can't say it again. <laughs> if you could all see Lewis's concentration face when he was trying to say murder a medlodop. That's my acting face. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I did think that Don was going to grab a planet from out of the sky when he yeah. gestured about. I, I think this this sketch could have done with an accidental knocking into, you know, Mercury or Venus with his hand and sort of trying to like smooth it down like acorn antiques. For me, it felt a little bit too long yes. as a general. Absolutely. Like, it, yeah. It just kept going. But also it felt like it was maybe missing one last final twist. I liked that it finished with him having turned into... A murderer dog. With a Marge but... Simpson wig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little bit. But like, I guess maybe something in between as opposed to him just getting, I don't, like, I don't know. Like, it just didn't feel like it quite escalated in a really satisfying way for how long the length of the sketch was. Not to jump too far ahead, but I've got to be honest, like with both of Dom's big sketches, they either felt overlong or somehow under-rehearsed or not quite sharp enough. Mm. There were little moments in it that were like that would work. So like, as we mentioned, the hand, the little hand gag that happened, I thought the timing on that was really sharp and really good. And then his little bit of additional business with his hand, well, his whole arm afterwards, I yeah. really appreciated yeah. and liked. But the stuff leading up to that where he's just sort of 
blindly grabbing at the holes and missing them. And then with the latest sketch with the, the chaos kind of descending, it's really difficult with comedic chaos. It needs to be kind of like a dance. You need to have it timed out in such a sort of, in such a way that it, it still feels like chaos, but everything is so placed and perfect. Otherwise, it just doesn't, it, it doesn't achieve anything unless you're doing something like a food fight. But even then, you want to have like the beat of the pie hits the person, they react, they look round, they throw the pie at the other person, that person ducks, it hits the other thing. Like if you just descend into custard everywhere, <laughs> you know, nothing's, <laughs> nothing's achieved. <laughs> no, I agree. I feel like this, this wasn't hitting the beats that led to the pies weren't hitting the face yeah exactly the pies were not hitting the face yeah and and yeah again not to jump ahead but yeah i i mean to be fair of the two i preferred this one to the other one but i that's we'll get to it yes. but yeah yes. like that's it's... not a giveaway art <laughs> that's good indifference too early <laughs> we got a random little animal number after this, just a little 20 minute drum, 20 minute, 20 second <laughs> drumming <laughs> gag, which fine. I guess they were like animals very popular. Let's just pop them in and fill some time. Yeah, but you say they think animals really popular, but I feel like we've hardly seen him at all this entire season so far. That is true, actually. We haven't. We've had these other tiny little inserts with him, mm. but like... I want more animal. Like, this is not enough animal. Mm. I'm sorry. Like, they need to up their animal game. I understand that Frank is very busy doing Piggy and Fozzie, but that is no excuse. Fozzie wasn't even in this episode until I right at- I was going to say, yeah, there was like barely any Fozzie yeah. in this episode. Yeah, he just pops up right at the end and that's it. Yeah, yeah. So we could have had more animal, I think, mm. personally. Um, But this bit that followed with- Dom in his dressing room with Miss Piggy. I think this might have been my favourite part of the whole episode. It had a fluidity and a kind of ease and a comfortableness that we quite often don't get from the guest stars. Like he didn't, to me, he wasn't, you couldn't really see him like reading a cue card, for instance, no. or anything. Like he just seemed to be interacting with Miss Piggy and just... He was in the scene. Yeah, he they were bouncing off each other. He wasn't staring off into the middle distance. <laughs> no. Yeah, he wasn't doing a stagecoach middle distance. It was... I know exactly what you mean. It, it felt just like, you know, a couple of warring mm. performers in a dressing room. I do wish it went a little bit further somehow. Again, I, I think there was a lot of this episode. I just was willing a bit more from it. Mm -hmm. I, I, you're completely right, Jade. I loved how it just... It did feel like... No reality was broken, you know. Dom didn't turn out to the audience and say something. You know, Piggy didn't either. It was two people fighting about how to share a space and Dom getting frustrated at all these gifts arriving for Piggy and him being in the smaller dressing room. But I, I don't know, I wanted a, a different kind of escalation. I wish it hadn't relied on them both calling each other fat as yeah, well, Yeah, no, guess. I mean, that but, was not you know, great. It's, it's the 70s, so, you know. I I just really appreciated how they staged it with Piggy behind the partition. Yes. There was something really just kind of like at its core comedic with her keep popping up a little bit and throwing things over the top. Then when the gifts did come in and when Dom exploded because, you know, he's not Miss Piggy, but that it just, it did all feel really 
I don't know, I like natural's not the right word, but there was just something very enjoyable about watching these two interact in this way. And yeah, I mean, I totally agree why they had to resort to fat shaming and also pig jokes again as well. I mean, you know, if anything is proving that Miss Piggies should be moving beyond that, it's the fact that <laughs> she is a star. And I know that's sort of undermined in this episode because she's sending stuff to herself, but she is clearly the breakout star already at this point. So mm. I just don't understand why they're still using those jokes and, and to have her end up with the apple in her mouth. I mean, I know she then did obviously get her own back by attacking him probably in the, the most... little the little leg kick was yes. fabulous yes Again, yeah. the detail on that leg was beautiful i feel like this is the most violent attack we've seen from her so far as well like this was for a guest i mean maybe not for she's probably gone a bit more mental at kermit but this was pretty full-on piggy yeah like you said the leg the leg got involved in everything yeah <laughs> well dom deserved it but yeah. <laughs> i don't disagree <laughs> But yeah, I like I just found even putting aside the the jokes about their weight, I found the whole thing enjoyable to watch in a way that quite frankly a lot of the rest of the episode was not massively enjoyable. Emma, how did you find it? Yeah, I agree. It was enjoyable and they, you know, they did have a good interaction between each other. I did it was really weird. I found the ending really odd when he put their like apple in Miss Piggy's mouth. I just found that quite odd like to see that because it's something traditionally you would see if it was a kind of like hog roast or something but it was just <laughs> yeah. a bit it was a bit jarring seeing that in miss piggy's mouth mm. um but you know piggy when she was behind the screen that was really fun and i loved it when she was kind of throwing all her clothes around to get changed i thought that was the girdle really, yeah her girdle <laughs> yeah that was really funny when she kind of flung that over and um yeah, so there were some there were some good bits, but yeah, like you were saying, Jade, some of it was a bit. Uh, I was a bit like, mm, mm. the only thing I slightly wonder about, and this is more broad for the whole episode. I don't know if I got a great idea of like what kind of comedian or mm -hmm. comedic performer mm -hmm. Dom DeLuise is, because with with other guests that we've had, either they're very like they feel like straight stand-ups and it's like lots of puns and there's a whole section where they almost, you know, they either do a bit of stand-up to the audience or impressions or Kermit talks to them in such a way that he mentions their career and almost gives them some context. I don't feel like we really get that with Dom DeLuise. And I suppose maybe, you know, it's a, it's, it's a case of in the 70s, it would have just been a given. Do you know what I mean? Like, they know they know who Dom DeLuise is. They know what his persona is. But it's interesting that when watching it from a 2022 standpoint, I come away from some episodes being like, I understand what the persona is of that celebrity or actor or performer that I hadn't necessarily heard of before. I don't think I've come away from this episode with that kind of understanding with Dom DeLuise. No, I agree with you. I, I felt like that too. Although... I kind of, watching it again for the second time, I was like, I think maybe he is just like a sketch comic. Yeah. He's felt very natural when he was doing what I assume was that sort of ad-libbing on the on the walkie-talkie in the Cusbane sketch. And then also the way that he was doing the faux, um, like, telethon in the, in the other one. I felt like he was quite well-versed in that sort of slipping into 
kooky personas, basically. But I agree with you in that I don't necessarily think I got a great sense of Dom DeLuise as a comedian from yeah. from the episode at, at large. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you because I think, you know, looking at also what he's kind of done, where he's come from, like kids TV, and also he's done a lot of the sort of variety com- comedic shows it did feel like he was creating a character for each thing mm-hmm. he was in so mm-hmm. you didn't necessarily see him yeah yeah yes yeah yeah well speaking of uh slipping into a character we see miss piggy getting into her outfit for veterinarian's hospital which then leads us into the sketch for veterinarian's hospital uh this time based around a lot of cow based puns emma how was this for you? <laughs> oh, we got to see Dr. Bob again. <laughs> Dr. Bob is back. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was quite a funny little sketch. Um, Obviously, like you said, there was a lot of jokes uh, made about cows. So there was like milking and steaks and bull by the horns. And um, it was really funny because obviously we had the audience going crazy again, going like, we want Miss Piggy. <laughs> and I, I loved like Zelda Rose's enthusiasm. <laughs> and it was nice to see Baskerville the Hound as well in that audience. And, you know, there was the whole gag of the uh, moving experience. So, yeah, it was good. It was nice to go back to the veterinarian's hospital and see them all uh, in that sketch again. The career dream I have of walking through a door onto a stage and being met with applause before I've even done anything is <laughs> truly <laughs> up there. Um, I went and saw uh, The Glass Menagerie last night with Amy Adams. And um, and when Amy Adams uh, stepped onto the stage, somebody in our row tried to start a round of applause, but did it really half-heartedly. So you just heard one person sort of go... <laughs> it was really strange <laughs> were they american because nobody did it when i went to see it and i was like this uh, is how I, I know i'm in london <laughs> yeah i couldn't get a handle on uh they were further down the road but i just sort of heard Damn it, it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it just really died out real fast. So i feel like it's a real broadway thing isn't it oh broadway broadway oh, well, I, well when i saw um imelda in um gypsy gypsy they applauded her entrance there but that's just old gay seeing Imelda Staunton I think (laughs) 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 the glass menagerie not worth it I quite enjoyed it did you not three out of five yeah I couldn't tell if it was a problem I had with the play itself or the production or some of the choices they'd made I liked Amy Adams but I felt like it was all operating on kind of one kind of level but maybe that's the part so I'm my mindset is like I'd like to see another production of The Glass Menagerie and then decide whether the problem was the, this production or the play as a whole. Ooh, I don't I don't know if they ever recorded the one that Catherine Hepburn was in. Well, if it was a TV movie, they probably did. Ooh, maybe see that one. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see Catherine Hepburn play that part. My quibbles with it, I think, were, I think, are from the play itself. Yes, I mean, there's the the whole, yeah, well, the whole run of the plot in the second act. But that was the thing I had, without going too spoiler heavy, I felt like the director had made a choice about how that male character in the second act was going to be played. Mm -hmm. But then that plays against what the play wants you to think about and the disappointment we're meant to feel. There was just a few odd choices Mm -hmm. that I wasn't quite uh, sold on. And I also thought the son should be gay because he's 
obviously like a Tennessee Williams stand-in. So why are we not making him an effet man? Why are we just making him like kooky? But anyway, <laughs> what sort of boy goes to the movies every night? A little homosexual boy. To- <laughs> <laughs> That's who it is. Anyway, sorry. My pro- This is not the Glass Menagerie podcast. <laughs> that would or be as, the shortest Amy- podcast going. <laughs> <laughs> or as Amy Adams said it, the Glass Menagerie. <laughs> I went with my friend Steph and there was a couple of line readings that Amy Adams had where we just kind of like gripped onto each other because it was just so like southern and camp. Like, look at that glass menagerie or I wore, I wore this when I led the cotillion. <laughs> <laughs> you have the sentimentality of a metropolitan star. <laughs> We're just like, like this, is so, this is so camp. Uh, <laughs> Interesting talking about uh, a star on the on the stage. Did you both notice that at the end of um, Veterinarian's Hospital, uh, Jerry Nelson's voiceover didn't refer to Miss Piggy as Nurse Piggy, as it usually does. It referred to her as Miss Piggy. And I wondered whether she had also paid off the voiceover announcer to use her stage name instead of her oh. character name. I bet she Jade, did. You, you are playing some 3D chess right now, Jade. <laughs> like, you're just connecting all the bits dots and bobs. All the dots. There are all the dots, all the bits. <laughs> all the bits are coming together. <laughs> yeah, I just, I was like, she's Nurse Piggy in Veterinarian's Hospital. What's going on? But yeah. Sh- shit jade that's a real that's a real that's a real i'm genuinely i don't know if it's the whispering angel or like, but i'm genuinely very impressed at you uh, like noticing oh, that I, I heard like it. kudos i heard it like, straight away i was like <gasps> she's nurse piggy she's nurse piggy yeah anyway. oh my god yeah so wow. i think i think i'm genuinely impressed <laughs> like i think miss piggy's pockets do runneth deep and uh they do don't they <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but two Muppets who I don't think maybe even have as much as a couple of pence to rub together because uh, I probably wouldn't give them any change if they were busking. These on the... lousy beatniks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this UK spot. What was this? I mean, I'm going to show you what I wrote on my notes. I don't know if you'll be able to see it. It just says hippies and then nothing. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like uh, Taylor Dosey in that episode where they make the Museum of Stars. <laughs> it's like, these freaks moved to Star Lake. <laughs> I, I genuinely, I'm not going to lie. I think after the first 15 seconds where I realized nothing else was going to develop, I just picked my phone right up and was scrolling through tweets. I was going to say, I, Probably tweets I, I'd already I am seen. also going to admit I did fast forward it twice. <gasps> so the two times I watched it. Oh my God, it, so am I, I the like... only person who's actually watched Henrietta's wedding in full? Yeah, you're the <laughs> only one. Or at least one. kept your eyes on it, I guess. <laughs> Emma, you fast forwarded it the first time. Even I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> Emma was like, these damn hippies. <laughs> Emma went full Richard Nixon. Yeah. She was like, I will not, I will not watch this. <laughs> Didn't know you had such a busy schedule, Emma. <laughs> Thank you. Didn't know you had such a low tolerance for, uh, <laughs> for, for hippie, hippie culture. <laughs> Emma hates the beatniks. <laughs> That's on a t-shirt. There's your line for this week. <laughs> and Emma hates beatniks. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I mean, this, it, it went on and there was nothing particularly interesting to it at I all. I mean, honestly, should we just, 
skip yeah. it. Like, what's there to say? There's nothing to say. No, there really, there really, really isn't anything to say. Let's let's move on. <laughs> Great, I love this. Oh my god. <laughs> Only because I have to edit this week's episode, so I'm like, cool, cut. Okay, okay, Emma, go on a go on a ten minute ramble just for Lewis. Okay, <laughs> yeah, and watch me crop it right out. <laughs> You'll just hear Emma go <laughs> to breathe in to start. It'll be like, okay, what's our rankings for the week? <laughs> so, what's this number from Doctor Teeth and Electric Mayhem? Then, what's this song? Don't blame it on the dynamite. By whom? By Donald George Sam. Now, it says Bewley, as we would know it, but it's probably... Bulliu? <laughs> no, like, don't they pronounce it different in this case? <laughs> <laughs> or something. I'm just going to start calling it Bulliu. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, it's an original song. Oh, for The Muppet Show? For The Muppet Show, Oh, yeah. I assumed it was a cover. No, it's an original song. Oh, fun. It's a, It's an Electric Mayhem original. Oh. <laughs> Lately, don't blame your shoes. And if you ain't been happy lately, don't put it on the blues. Don't blame the dynamite if you can't light the fuse. There's a party all the time for them what choose. The end of my romance, you came with football on TV, really. Why, he ain't took me anywhere since 19. Her hair is in the closet Her teeth are on the shelf I'll put the good parts in a bag And go out by myself I wonder if they ever brought out an Electric Mayhem album I think this was on I don't know if it was on an Electric Mayhem album But I think it was on like, you know, all the Muppet Or some of the Muppet Show albums that they That they did Um like, I enjoyed this, but I felt like it could have been more exciting in terms of how it was staged and cut together. And I liked their little light up stage with all the bulbs. Yeah, I was just about to say, I really liked the lights. I thought the lights were very cool, but they were all really separated from each other. Mm. So they couldn't, it didn't really feel like they could particularly like jam out together that much. And there were some quick pans, which I thought did feel quite rock and roll, but like as the song went on i just i don't know like i was a bit like oh is this is this all we're getting like i i again i wanted a bit more from it yeah i agree yeah i mean i i agree with you but it was it was quite nice actually to have see um janice sing for a little bit mm-hmm. cuz i don't yeah. think we've yeah. actually had that yet and i was like yay go janice and she sounded yeah, right it had like a very sort of 70s disco tech kind of feel to it didn't it they're set oh disco tech yeah <laughs> it's like emma i don't think this sounds like disco or tech though and i was like oh you mean disco tech <laughs> like as in the place i thought you meant two words as well <laughs> <laughs> i gotta get snappy on my word delivery slurring <laughs> <laughs> her words somebody give her a, somebody give her a chocolate bar quick she's black i was gonna say i've probably had too much carbs that's why i'm slurring <laughs> Wine is a carb. <laughs> Butter's a carb. Um, it was really nice to see Janice and to see her singing. And I did, when they got near the end, they were all going quite crazy, albeit on their own. Mm. And they were really, really shaking up. And like, yeah, I mean, it was just nice to see Electric Mayhem because, again, we've not seen them tons this season. So 
fine. But I feel like we've definitely seen more enjoyable or more engaging performances from them Mm. before. The bulb light set did remind me of one of the set layouts they have for ABBA Voyage. Oh, really? Yeah. When they're doing... They have a big, like, sort of semicircular bulb section when the avatars are performing and it's all just like flat like <laughs> not to be like like abba has enough money but if you want to go and have like the craziest 90 minutes of your life <laughs> go watch the abba holograms it's absolutely freaking nuts it's really it's amazing it's time tomorrow I'm oh so my god excited. i can't i want I want to hear all your thoughts. I loved it. And I've had an email to say that uh, they're doing some special stuff over the weekend because it's Pride. So who knows what's going to happen tomorrow night? Something special is going to happen. If I you, can't wait. If you, as a cis heterosexual person, <laughs> get some goddamn ABBA bonus stuff just mm-hmm. for being it's, there. <laughs> it's I, happening, Lewis. This is exactly... Like, stop taking up space. <laughs> like... <laughs> You could have booked to come this weekend. <laughs> we forgot when Pride was. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I got this email that was like, if you want to show your support for Pride, you might want to wear some makeup or some face paint or dress up. Although I did also see on their FAQs, I was checking the FAQs earlier, and basically you're not allowed to wear an Afro wig. And it's like, we will confiscate Afro wigs. You cannot go into the arena with them. So if you want to show your Pride support, you can do anything except wear an Afro Yeah, well, nobody, yeah, people should not be doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. no, it was more the fact that they felt they needed to call it out. I worry like, how much precedent was yes. set in the first few weeks where they were like, we're going to take these away. <laughs> yeah, how many people did they have to turn away at the door yeah, who had turned up in an Afro wig? I've got to say, it's a very interesting crowd at the Abra Arena where it is gay men over 45 and then, like, straight couples in groups in their 50s who are for, going for their big night out. And uh, at one point we did find ourselves in our group behind a couple of Karens who were just, like, bopping together, <laughs> who then insisted that we were bumping into them when we are like, no, you just keep shimmying backwards. <laughs> like, how do you know? And they're like, we're level with each other. It's like, that's not how that works. <laughs> like, like, you're, did you not say, well, you're shimmying at the same rate then, aren't you? Oh, we, we were too busy trying to watch the holograms, <laughs> so we just, like, moved out the way. No, yeah. Well, anyway, well, I look forward to seeing the uh the electric mayhem set uh, tomorrow evening <laughs> yeah i do it's it's a good oh you're gonna lose your damn mind oh and if you and if you want a, a, a point to go out and get a drink um whenever there's a little section where they do you know like a big concert where the main artist goes off and does a costume change yeah they have a couple of videos that are literally like the For kind of videos change. you would have in a big gig. Oh so whenever you see like a Nordic girl going on a quest, the first one's to Eagle. Um, that's a time you can, you can go out and get another <laughs> drink or go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks, Lewis. Thanks. There's a little hint for everybody at home as well. If you <laughs> Everyone else yeah. coming I to... always find it really weird when they have like the 20 minute instrumental, like... <laughs> it's not 20 minutes. Though. It's like Yeah, how three, slow are they minutes. changing? <laughs> <laughs> They're rebooting the next set of processes. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so I am genuinely so excited. I'm like I know it's gonna be amazing. And when I got the <laughs> when I got the email about Pride, I was like, oh my god, who's gonna be there? What are we getting? <laughs> <laughs> I know when they do gimme 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 a man after midnight, we were sort of screwing like bring out the Madonna hologram. <laughs> <laughs> Alas, nothing happened. <laughs> no, it, it will be coming soon, Lewis. I'm sure it will. <laughs> 
Um, is there anything we want to say about this second backstage scene with Scooter and Piggy up on the balcony doing their little, I don't know, scene for Kermit? I mean, all I wrote is, get a better con artist than Scooter to do your scheme. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Scooter's <laughs> Scooter's line readings were truly spectacularly awful. There is a reason he is a backstage Muppet and not an onstage right. Muppet. <laughs> it, was, it was very funny. I thought Kermit's reactions were really good in the foreground because he was clearly listening, but he was also trying to play it kind of cool and then miss piggy was throwing herself around as well in a beautiful miss piggy manner which was really great but i mean i like the fact that scooter sold miss piggy out so easily it's just so disappointing god's He's sake a scab <laughs> <laughs> i really dislike him i just really do <laughs> He didn't even hold any of it back. He told him absolutely everything. Wasn't exactly. He's such a little turncoat. He's <laughs> such a little bitch. I really don't care for him at all. Emma, <gasps> what, what, what are your feelings towards Scooter at this point? <laughs> he's a little punk bitch. He's getting taken <laughs> oh out. <laughs> he's getting taken out. Well, the angels are whispering. Sorry. <laughs> like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of... <sighs> He does give Piggy up pretty quick, doesn't he, really? Yes. As soon as there's any talk of money, yeah. it's always money with Scooter. Like, do you just dangle... Like, I swear you could dangle a $1 bill in front of him and he'd do absolutely anything for it. Just like his uncle. <laughs> Speaking of things I don't like, this second Don sketch, which was a telethon slash chaos slash feeding three strange Muppets... Emma, did you like this sketch? Did you not like this sketch? Give me your thoughts on the thing. I mean, to be completely honest, to start off with, it was quite funny. It had a kind of good pace to it. But then when it just kept going and going and going, and I feel like it lost its way a little bit. It just kind of got a bit too crazy and it got a bit shouty and it just wasn't funny at the end. I mean, there were a couple of good lines like where he was kind of saying, oh, it's like tax deductible if you, you know, (laughs) donate to the uh, Shepherd's Institute, uh, I think it's called, for animal protection. Yeah. But yeah, and again, I do feel like this one went on a little bit too long as well. The initial setup where he introduced the Institute and said it was a fundraising drive and we saw that it was Mean Mama and Dog Lion and then a baby dog lion i don't really know who knows what that little hell demon was like <laughs> puppy send lion? that thing back to the upside down baby like that does <laughs> be gone um, be gone to start with i felt like i was going to be more on board with this mm. than maybe the Cusbane one but yes, same then it just yeah exactly as you said emma it just descended into absolute madness I wrote down cacophony because it's the only way I could actually think to describe it. It was so loud. And as you were talking about earlier, Lewis, like there was no sense of like, oh, now we're going to watch Mean Mama and Dom do something. And now we're going to watch Dog Lion and Dom do something. Like you heard all of it all the time, constantly. And it was just getting louder and louder and louder. And it didn't feel like at any point anybody had gone, oh, maybe we need to tone this bit down or have a bit of a rise and fall in terms of the tension. Or uh, I honestly, it was a nightmare. It was an actual nightmare. It was horrible. It was really horrible to watch. 
it just got really lost and muddled and vague and assumed that just ca- like un- non-specific chaos would be enough to carry it through. Now, did I want to hug Dog Lion? Absolutely. Uh, as my mind wandered during the chaos, I did remember that this week they've announced that the Jim Henson Muppet workshops are going to be building the puppets for the Barbican production of My Neighbor Totoro. And it has made me very excited because those are going to be some damn huggable puppets. They're going to be adorable. I can't wait. Yeah. I really can't wait. It's but so cool. Yeah, it just all felt under-rehearsed. It just, yeah. I don't think they'd rehearse this at all. I think they just, they were just like, let's just go for it. And we'll just, we'll just make it up as we go along and we'll all pile in. And that will be the big conclusion. It's just like a big muppety mess of a ball with Dom DeLuise in the middle. Like, done. And I also think it was a waste of Dom DeLuise, to be mm. honest. It doesn't give him much to play with, apart from being harried and a bit panicky. And then just overcome with chaos and fluff and being hugged slash eaten he does he doesn't really get to land any really any proper gags apart from the couple that emma mentioned it i'd i'd sort of be a bit peeved if i got given this sketch as a performer i'd feel like it was just i mean any but you could give this to anybody and it would you could give it to a comic performer or just i don't know a singer or anybody and the effect, the, the the sort of, the effect of the sketch would still be predominantly the same because mm. it's just descending into non-specific chaos. So why waste a, a clearly a good comedic actor on actually a sketch you could just give, I mean, you could give given this to Twiggy. Do you know what I mean? And it would have been pretty much the same. <laughs> she was too busy with her Muppet. Uh... Funeral. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was thinking of that weird, lifeless, um, like, farmer Muppet. Oh, yeah. God, I forgot she was releasing her country album at that time. (laughs) I was right. Yes, we know, Emma. You were right. Emma, I love you just piped up for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Emma can sometimes sit silent for 20 minutes, but God, like, (laughs) Emma's got some kudos coming out. She's like, I was right. (laughs) If there's a moment where she can go, <clears throat> she's taking it. <laughs> Believe me, I have 29 years of anecdotes that point to exactly the same thing. <laughs> so we go into the final backstage scene where uh, I've written down in my notes that Piggy has been hoisted by her own pigtard. Oh, very good. Thank you. <laughs> I'm here all week. Um, I mean, it's a very, I, I I like Kermit's plan to sort of flip around and say, okay, fine, you'll let go. Yeah. I mean, it's the only sort of conclusion I guess you could expect, really. Because uh, we're too early for Kermit to actually admit his feelings for Piggy. Slash, does he even have them at this point? So it's it's clearly got to be Piggy coming down a, a peg or two. Ooh, that was difficult to say. <laughs> Piggy coming down a peg or two. <laughs> that, that can be your new warm up. I mean, I'd have a job to be warming up for, Jade. <laughs> could do it for the podcast. <laughs> the look Lewis is giving me currently. <laughs> um, it is the only conclusion to this storyline, isn't it? And I, I guess they also wanted to have the big scene of Piggy throwing herself at Kermit and begging for the job back. The theatrics of that are are enjoyable to watch. 
um i did think it was quite mean of kermit to yes. say that he he'd take her back but for a pay was cut. it half the money half the money yeah because yeah, i remember <laughs> yeah. do you remember when i said this to you jade i was like yeah kermit's a bit mean in this episode <laughs> <laughs> well clearly if piggy's got enough money to be paying off an entire auditorium and be sending flowers and fruit baskets to herself. I don't know if she's got some sort of wealthy benefactor somewhere, you know, in Frank Oz's like sordid backstory for Piggy, yeah. whether she's being, you know, bankrolled by some, I don't know, sugar piggies or something. I don't know, like sugar hogs. Like maybe, like, I don't know. But yeah, the idea of like, we're going to keep you humble by cutting your pay it's just it's not the best lesson it's not not very girl boss you know no it's really like i don't know it's it feels very very of its time that that's that she not only does she get punished in that kermit's found her out and then plays a trick on her by saying okay i'm gonna let you go but then the punishment lingers on into the future because she's gonna have her pay slashed like i know it's really it's really cruel (laughs) gotta keep those second wave feminists down jade can't give them any ideas obviously yeah i mean i guess the er well not that the era's ever been we're getting phyllis schlafly involved (laughs) well maybe maybe i cannot believe i just pulled the name phyllis schlafly (laughs) like well done i haven't watched that show in a year and there are people who i work with whose name i can't remember (laughs) yeah but that's power of Kate Blanchett like Kate Blanchett <laughs> yes <laughs> oh no <laughs> to be fair it's only one new guy at work whose name I can't remember and I was like John and then my my friend my other work colleague was like his name is Ed oh my god like, it's not ah, even a J yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was a one syllable name and it was the first time I actually met him in person but yeah not great <laughs> well next time you see him you can call him Phyllis Schlafly <laughs> I think I'd know if I was working with Phyllis Schlafly. <laughs> yeah, that's the name. I'd be, I'd be wondering why I'm sending out like so many. T- why I'm working at typewriter for nine hours a day and sending out lists. Like, this doesn't feel like event coordination. <laughs> well, I suppose it is. Oh my god, maybe I am working for the ERA. Wait, is that the no, good or the no. bad people? The ER. Well, the ERA is good. It's the um. Well, it's like the uh, stop the ERA. I can't remember what they were called. The oh, what were they called? Oh, I can't remember. Hold on. What a fun show. I thought about that recently. I was like. What an odd time of lockdown that was where I just watched a, you know, Mrs. America. Let me look up what it was called because it's just funny. I'm sure it had a f- like awful name. The Eagle Forum? Oh, yeah, that that's what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, she was a terrible person. <laughs> Wasn't she just? Absolutely vile. <laughs> Anyhow, moving on. Life is a funny thing. Sometimes you laugh and sing. Sometimes you grumble and cuss. Right? But either way, what do we care? We got us. We have our ups and downs, our share of smiles and frowns, but through it all we don't fuss. Why? We got a special thing going, Piggy. (laughs) We got us. Some people like to go through their life single. Oh. That wouldn't suit us at all. That's right. Why sing a melody as a soliloquy when it's more fun to be harmonizing? Look, it's your friends. 
from uh, Kermit and Piggy into Dom's last number and he's in his little suit stood on the stage and um, he's going to do his little song We Got Us but then Miss Piggy comes on stage and she's all upset he's like we need to like cheer Miss Piggy up so we're going to sing a little song and then it's really it's quite sweet because all the group come up and you've got Fozzie and Janice and Gonzo. His only appearance since mm. the opening credits. There's very few Muppets in this episode, actually. There's quite, Main yeah, Muppets. I think it's quite a nice little ending for this show. What I quite like about it is that both the opening number and the finale tie in with the backstage business. So, yeah, obviously you've got the opening number and then that immediately goes through into finding out about Scooter and Piggy's plotting and then at the end dom invites piggy out as a way of cheering her up because he knows what's just gone on with kermit so i feel like there's a lot of good story work and like that sense of fluidity is really there and that enmeshing of the backstage and the onstage business is all working but there's just something about this episode at large that just isn't working on it's lacking yeah. it's just lacking yeah. in mm. um this the big sketches are misses vague yeah. and and yeah not not worthy of a, a good a, a clearly a good committed comic performer who's trying the best he can with some kind of shoddy material mm. and and yeah just it just nothing just quite lands properly it's all just very by the numbers. I did enjoy this number though. Again, I felt like the of of all of Dom's bits on stage, this is the strongest one on stage and I guess maybe one of those reasons is because it does actually involve so many of our main muppets that we mm. <laughs> that we enjoy spending time with. And I thought the song was quite cute. It's from Golden Rainbow, which is the musical that I've got to be me is also from. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like I liked the way they all piled in and everything. But yeah, I it feels just like too little too late. Mm. It also begs the question of was Dom gonna always sing that song? And if so, who was he gonna address it to? Yes. And who was he gonna sing it with? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> was he gonna do both parts of that duet? Or was Janet waiting there because she was gonna sing it with him? And then Piggy just comes on, upset onto stage. <laughs> <laughs> and then just you know, makes it all about her, which fair enough, been there. But it it does make like was Janet waiting in an evening gown, being like, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to have the other half of this duet. <laughs> yeah, it, I almost wish he'd have said at the start, like, oh, I was gonna sing such and such, but now I want to cheer Piggy up and sing this instead or something. Like yeah. that would have just been a really nice little like, just a little bit of just add to that. Yeah. Yeah. Believability and credibility. You know, for an episode and... that remembers to add the detail of saying Miss Piggy rather than Nurse Piggy, yeah, exactly. you'd think that they'd have the foresight to toss in a line saying, I'll sing this instead. Obviously not. So I have a fun little fact about the Muppets Ooh. and this song. 
The Muppets performed at the Royal Variety Performance in 1977. Um, and they actually did quite a, a like quite a few little bits, and I wonder if maybe one day we should see if we can find it and actually do a podcast about it because I think that'd be quite a fun yeah. thing to do. But one of the things that they did perform was this song we got us, and something I thought was quite interesting is that the Royal Variety performance in 1977 was on the 12th of November, and this episode aired in the UK on the 25th of November. So they actually did a preview slash premiere of this performance for the Queen two weeks before the episode was on TV. So that's quite cool, I thought. I wonder what Prince Philip made of the Muppets. (laughs) I don't know what Prince Philip made of them, but when I was reading about it, I can't remember if it was Dog Lion or might have been sweetums one of the big muppets like attacked or like attacked that's in quote marks charles like gave him a big hug so (laughs) i feel like that must have been (laughs) quite funny (laughs) to see because i don't think they i don't think they were in on the joke like Like, i don't think they knew it was coming philip he will punch the crap out of you (laughs) 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 just a picture of like philip having to be held back from like vigorously punching a muppet in the head i feel like the only ones he might have been on board with are wayne and wanda maybe statler and board off too like two old white men but other than that he would have been like i'm not interested please go away well speaking of not interested i will be very intrigued to see (laughs) how uh we are going to rank this week's episode but first we must do our mvmp otherwise known as our most valued muppet performer emma why don't you kick us off so my most valued muppet performer for this episode is miss piggy girl surprise (laughs) girl surprise I just love her whole vibe for this episode. Like the fact that she's kind of paying everyone off. She's got the audience going wild. She's sending herself flowers and, you know, getting Scooter to write her notes. But then I also like the way that she kind of plays it as well in the backstage business. And I just think that she, you know, throughout this episode is really good although like I said before the sort of end of the backstage business uh, with Kermit I'm like oh Kermit's a bit mean but I love the fact that she kind of gives him a hiya and then when she comes back on stage at the end with Dom and you know gets uh, cheered up which I think is really uh, quite sweet so yeah I think for this episode Miss Piggy is going to be my MVMP how about you Jade? Yeah, I'm going to go Piggy too. I think she is clearly the absolute star of this episode and it just wouldn't work without her fully committing to trying to pull one over on Kermit. Yeah. I don't know, like, I just, as I said earlier, I think we really see all the different sides of Piggy in this. You get her sort of snappy diva behaviour towards Scooter and Dom. You get the nicey-nicey, kissy-kissy behaviour to both the audience and Kermit. You get some great piggy performances. In We Got Us, I really love how she was playing that with Dom. Like, she looked genuinely surprised and really happy that he was singing this song to her. It just felt really, like, uh, for the the storyline, it felt nice that actually it, it did finish on a sort of up note for Piggy, despite 
Kermit being so mean to her. Yeah, and then there was still, you know, like even at the goodbyes, she said about it's fractured frog time mm. and things. Like she was still giving it full piggy right to the end. So yeah, I'm going to go Miss Piggy as well. Lewis, are we going three for three or are you going elsewhere? I'm afraid literally, I mean, Emma was right. There's literally no other Muppets in this, to be honest. No, who would be no. even possible to choose. So yeah, I think we are going a straight sweep for Miss Piggy. It's uh, Wow, I think that's the first time this, this season, isn't it? We've all gone the same Muppet, I think. Yeah, I think it is. Have we ever actually all gone for the same Muppet before? Probably Piggy in season one. I don't know. I don't, you have, you like... have the spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> it's somewhere. I, like I don't know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like me and Jade have chosen the same Muppet yeah. quite Yeah, you have. Times. And I usually that's feel like I choose, you know, bread or, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then again, I mean, dust. last season, I did choose the magic trick cupboard yeah. so <laughs> yeah exactly we've all had a niche choice but genuinely there was just no one else in this episode no. that could no. even there was no what i'm gonna pick scooter like <laughs> do one <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get on to our rankings for this week jade what are you going to give this episode oh, i'm gonna give this episode four and a half futuristic zippers nice because I honestly think this is the episode I've enjoyed the least so far this season. Basically, all of those four and a half points are mainly actually for the good story work and the good character work that's going on with Piggy. Yep. I think that's in like not even saying it necessarily saves the episode, but at least you've got that to hold on to through through the episode. I did enjoy Dom and Miss Piggy in the dressing room, and I thought We Got Us was cute. And there was the odd thing to hold on to elsewhere. But on the whole, I think this is a really, yeah, underwritten, under-rehearsed, just sloppy bit of television. And I, like you said, Lewis, I feel for Dom because mm. actually, like, he clearly was very game and wanted to get involved with the Muppets, but just wasn't really given anything to work with, yeah. really. Um, so, yeah, four and a half futuristic zippers out of ten. Emma, how about you? Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you, Jade. Um, I gave this episode four and a half walkie-talkies out of ten. <laughs> and pretty much the same points that you said, to be honest. There were some nice bits with Dom and Piggy. But to be honest, anything else that was around it, it just didn't really capture my attention. It just wasn't like the best songs or sketches that we've seen so far in this series. And I do think that a couple of the sketches just went on a bit too long and there wasn't the payoff there. So yeah. I think for that reason, that's why I've gone for four and a half walkie-talkies out of ten for this episode. How about you, Lou? I'm probably going to go even lower than you both. I'm going to go for four lousy beatniks out of ten. <laughs> I was going to say, I do have an alt that I was going to offer you, which was spontaneous and sincere fan mails. Uh, but <laughs> I quite like Lazy Boot. Or Lousy <laughs> Beatniks holding lousy beatniks uh, good. spontaneous and <laughs> modest fan. I, I didn't listen. I, <laughs> yeah, there's. it's just such a nondescript meh episode of The Muppet Show. Great to have a lot of piggy, but actually everything else around her is so weak. I feel sorry for Don. None of the songs are particularly engaging or exciting or, I don't know, differently shot than anything we've seen before. The sketches are vague. The plot is fine, but, you know, it's uh, it's all just hurtling towards one direction. It's just, 
it's just all a bit something of nothing, really, which is a shame because when you have a talented performer, like I assume Dom DeLuise is, when you're building a whole plot around Piggy, these things could sing. And the one scene that we all really liked was the Dom and Piggy scene where they were just acting, you know. (laughs) Always love a scene between a Dom and a Piggy. Uh, And on that note, Jade... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just going to write down my line for (laughs) for the Twitter... (laughs) Lewis loves a dom and a piggy. <laughs> How many times are you going to say it? <laughs> Enough times to make you both incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> um, I feel like Emma's about to just leave. I mean, to be fair, it's getting so misty in Emma's screen <laughs> yeah. now. It looks like she's going to disappear into, I don't know, it's the sands of the Sahara. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jade, why don't you try and fan fan some of the sand away using that big heavy copy of, of Muppets and Men as we go over to Jade's book club uh, for your reading. I've realised I haven't announced my uh, outfit for the week, so I'm just I'm just going to say Dom DeLuise's spacesuit with all the zippers. Oh my god! <laughs> what are you putting in those pockets? Never you mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do mind. If you're going to have that many pockets, we need to know. We need to know at least one thing. Well, to be fair, a friend of mine did bring <laughs> a friend of mine did bring poppers to the Abba Voyage thing then we we had a little huff of that during Dancing Queen so that was I gotta say holograms plus poppers you're just like what's happening so Where you're am I? wearing the futuristic zipper <laughs> romper and putting poppers romper. in the pocket yeah popper romper baby oh my god romper popper poppers are legal they are used oh to clean god. VHSs <laughs> they are sold at corner shops it's all legal just wanted to put that confirmed in, in and then I'm editing it so it can't get cut I was going to say, I maybe would edit the popper bit out. <laughs> Emma, poppers are legal. It's fine. You can literally buy them from a corner shop. It's You can buy them over the internet. <laughs> Not that buying things over the internet implies that they're legal, but you know what? Like, but that they means are. nothing. Yeah, okay, but they are legal. But, <laughs> I'm just, now I'm becoming a popper advocate. <laughs> poppers. <laughs> poppers. They are legal. They are. All right, Jade, book club? <laughs> From poppers to book club. I have nothing because I had to sort this room out and I have nothing. <laughs> I have the book. Should we just, uh, why don't I flip? You two say stop and I'll just flip. Are you kidding? Oh, Jade, are you kidding? You haven't got anything. I no, this is perfect. Jade, look, this means I have even less to edit. No, book club's cancelled this week. Thank you so much for listening to Muppet Stational. If you've enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe, rate and review as it really helps spread the word about the podcast. Uh, you can follow us, I'm doing this off the top of my head, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, we are at Muppet Stational. Um, you can contact us. We are hi-ho at muppetspodcast.com and you can find out more about us and the podcast at muppetspodcast.com I did it! I did it! I learned my lines! And on that note, I invite you all to have your own celebratory poppers as I've been Lewis Chandler. I'm going to see Abba tomorrow. I've been Jade Turner. Oh my and God. I've been Emma Chandler. Jade, that's what they're going to give you at Abba Voyage. That's <laughs> yes, the, for the pride. That's the free gift for pride. <laughs> it's going to be super poppers. Super trooper poppers. Do you know what? I have seen the set list and I know they don't play super trooper. And I'm so upset. So if we get a bonus special pride super trooper, I'm like... 
I'm literally but what if they, so what if they make you huff VHS cleaner to I'll do it, Lewis. If it means I get to if I get to watch Super Trooper, I'm there. I love that song and I'm so sad it's not on the set list. Nothing like a bit of ABBA peer pressure. <laughs> I'll do we it. will see you next week on another episode of Muppet Sensational. Bye! Bye! Bye. Our theme music is Peppy Pepe by Kevin MacLeod and our artwork is designed by Charlotte Rudge who you can follow at at charlie underscore r underscore rudge on Instagram. That was a funny show. Yes, it was. I wonder if they meant it that way. Oh, I was chatting, I was replying to a friend on Twitter yesterday because they were, they did the quote, um, we know what art is, it's paintings of horses. <laughs> and I just commented underneath, choreographers and puppeteers, clones, video artists. And it's, it just, it's my impression of Drew Barrymore's impression of that dead lady. <laughs> we, we could probably cut this, it doesn't, probably, probably doesn't need to stay in. <laughs>